going down. I knew where they hid my stuff, grabbed my stuff, screamed at my dad, called a cab, packed a bag. And within 15 minutes, I was like, I just ran away from home. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. Struggle Create Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 22-year-old Chelsea Tanzi. Chelsea's story truly speaks to the fact that you never know what somebody's gone through in their life and also the fact that your past does not define your future. Chelsea's somebody who has definitely overcome barriers and climbed mountains to get to where she's at today, but her motivation, her courage, and her overall strength truly shows the type of character that she is. Chelsea is so strong and her story is one that definitely takes a lot of people by surprise, but it really shows that it's important to be vulnerable, be strong, be courageous, and truthfully share your story for what it truly is. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now, I hope you enjoy Chelsea's story. And just remember that everyone has a story. Okay, well, obviously, first and foremost, like I always say, thank you so much for one, reaching out, two, actually willing to come on the podcast, and three, obviously, being here, sharing your story, stepping up and speaking up, being vulnerable and allowing others to really see that it's okay to have struggles. It's okay to share your story. It's literally okay to go through shit. Like it doesn't, it doesn't define who you are. Right. And you can still become exactly who you want to be. Although going through struggles and having maybe even some mental health struggles, everything it's, yeah, it's amazing. And it's so nice to have you on today. I'm excited. (laughs) Awesome. A little bit nervous. I feel a little (laughs) bit like I might vomit, but I won't. So it's fine. (laughs) I should have worn the cowboy hat again. If I knew you were nervous, I would have brought out the cowboy hat, would have wore it, would have tried to lighten up the whole entire mood. What the heck? Darn, eh? No, um, no, I honestly, I think your podcast and just from the little conversations that we've had kind of back and forth and um, just even I told you this, but the presence that you are starting to really kind of play on Instagram and social media and what you're really trying to prove and what you are proving through your different stories, through your posts, through some of the, even like your captions and stuff. It, it really, it really shows that it really shows that there's so much more to someone than sometimes even like what it might seem or what it might deem from an outside perspective. I think that everyone encounters their own struggles. Everyone encounters kind of those own negative thoughts or some, some form of struggles that'll happen in their lives. And to have somebody actually openly speaking about that stuff and showing like the empowerment that you can have over basically your own life, I think is amazing. And just everything that you're really preaching on a daily basis is spectacular as I've always. Thank you you so much. Doing my best, doing my best. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that's what we're all trying to do, but 
just being so transparent on social media is so important, especially in today's age, because I think everyone tries to really fabricate their social media to make it seem like they're living this holy life that everyone else should be trying to live when in reality, that's not the case. And they're just living for other people's approval rather than living for their own approval and rather than living for what's going to make them truly, truly happy and keep their mental health in check, especially um, obviously on the topic of this whole mental health podcast, (laughs) right? But no, I think it's, I think it's really awesome what you're doing and just basically that ground that you're really starting to make and it's just really showing people that you are who you are and you're being like, you're being so transparent with it. I feel like it'd be a disservice if you didn't use like the social media that you have to like try and help people in some sort of way. Cause like, whether you have 10 followers or a thousand followers or whatever, you're still preaching to people and you're still showing your life. So I feel like it wouldn't be fair to go on there and make someone feel like crap instead of like actually having a good influence. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that even, it's funny that you say that because that was kind of from day one with this platform, that's kind of how I looked at it. I said, no matter what happens, as long as I help one person, that's all that matters. Cause that makes what, like, it's just a little bit of a difference, but it makes a difference. And that's basically what I've continued to try to run off of. Obviously want to reach as many people as I possibly can and help as many people as I possibly can, but it all starts with that one person. And as soon as you help one person, then it helps another person and another person. And then we have more people coming on like yourself, sharing their stories, sharing their struggles, improving who they are and that your struggles really don't define who you are and it doesn't define where you will end up. And I mean, that's the whole beauty of it. And that's that's why we're here. That's why we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But with all of that being said, I think (laughs) it's finally time to actually let you share your story and obviously express why you are here today and basically give us a little insight on who you truly are and what makes you you and everything that's happened. Well, thank you. Um, I think like, honestly, if I was to be honest with like where it all started, I think it was like from birth on, like when I came into this world, it was in between two unstable people. Like my parents weren't married, both dealing with substance abuse issues, like alcohol, going to counseling, um, and battling that. And I think, you know, within the first year of them splitting, it kind of just like everything just like burst from there on until what it is now. And, um, it was like constant court battle after court battle, um, for custody for me. And I just remember like being so torn, like from the beginning, like what, like who am I supposed to be with? Like, you know, usually you have those parents and from the get go, they're showing you where your home, where your grounding spot, Um, and you know that you have someone to go to. And I feel like right away, like I was like, what the heck? I do not have any of this. It was unstable. And I feel like after all the court battles and everything, um, like I was young, probably two or three through all of this. And I didn't have a good understanding of everything that was going on. And my dad ended up getting custody. And I think I was too young to know at the time, but knowing now it was because my mom was using and so they found out that you know she was having like sketchy people over and that like I couldn't obviously live in that kind of environment and so 
um, like living with her in the little time that I did, it was like drug dealers breaking through our doors and like screaming at my mom and like grabbing stuff in our house and throwing it around. And I'm just like standing there scream crying and like, no one's paying attention to me. And I'm like witnessing all of this. And I think obviously it was for the best that I didn't live with her. Um, but I think her doing what she did and then obviously moved away to get help. I think it just like, just like instilled in me, like not feeling prioritized and not feeling, not feeling like I had that person. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously. So I was forced to live with my dad, um, and his new wife, like he remarried pretty much on the get go and his new wife and my two stepsisters were, I'm trying to be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they didn't like me, um, to say the least. And I think, you know, that's a nice way of putting it. Like my stepmom is probably she was really manipulative and toxic and did not I think maybe was threatened by the relationship that I was trying to have with my dad and as a young girl like I didn't have my mom Mm -hmm. and so I think I leaned on him a lot more for for support but I think that she obviously didn't like that And I think the best way to describe the situation without making it cheesy is everyone's like, yeah, you're like Cinderella. Like it was like the stepmom and the two stepsisters. And, you know, I was forced to do everything. I was treated like crap, Um, except for I didn't have a fairy godmother. So that was kind of disappointing. (laughs) But um, yeah, so she made it super obvious. And like, I was raised with them in a household where like my opinion didn't matter. Like if I cried, I'd be screamed at. Like it just like, instilled in me like I had no self-worth and like even in my own family like it was like you had a mom dad and two sisters and like you like still no one is gonna care about you no one's gonna like make you feel like you belong and it was so toxic and aggressive and abusive to say the least like I remember like I have so many like I think I've repressed most of my childhood honestly so it's like all a blur but I see like a lot of memories in my head, like going back and forth. And like, I remember this one time cleaning out my sister's closet and it was like, we had this huge bin of Barbies and I was like, okay, well, we got to clean these out. So me, like, I've always been like super charismatic and like try to make things fun and like, despite everything. And I remember grabbing all these Barbies and just whipping them behind me. And like, I told them, I was like, don't go behind me. Like, don't worry. I'm going to clean this out. Like thinking it was going to be like this amazing thing. And like, I was helping them and like, finally made me feel like maybe I could help in some way and like connect with them. And so I'm whipping them behind me and my sister deliberately goes in the path of me whipping Barbies behind me, gets hit, screams all the way down to my stepmom and like got me in shit for it. And I remember like being like, what the heck? Like I was trying to help you. Like what is going on here? And like being called downstairs and like getting slapped across the face so hard and being like, I was trying to help and like still then like that was never heard like no excuses I couldn't talk like my story didn't matter my point of view never mattered and like if it wasn't me then it was like me falling asleep to my sister getting like smacked with a belt in the other room and just hearing her screaming and like trying to fall asleep to that like they were like (sighs) I'm really trying not to be mean (laughs) they were like definitely not equipped to have kids and like she would make, my stepmom would make a point like of like, she put me to bed and take my sisters out to go get ice cream to try and prove a point and like grab me by the face, screaming at me if something upset her. And like, that was just the normal. And I think growing up with that, like I thought it was normal, 
Mm-hmm. But I think obviously, you know, as you grow up and people are like, yeah, my, my mom took me for a pedicure. I was like, you, you do that with your parents? Like you, you actually have a relationship with them. And it was so much more of like a dictatorship, if anything, than like commonly living and like respecting each other and loving each other. Like, I don't know if I've ever felt like the unconditional love that like most people get from their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they, I don't know what, obviously everyone has their own traumas and I don't know what triggered that for my parents but like it was constantly like I remember growing up and like even in high school like they'd be doing coke and I'd be finding like plates around the house with like credit cards on them and like constantly drinking like there was maybe like every second night maybe they wouldn't drink and like punching holes in walls like breaking stuff and I just like assumed that that was just the way that it was supposed to be and um I feel like every single day I was just like fight or flight response, like put on survival mode. Like, what am I going to do? Like it caught, caught up to me so much that like, I started getting such bad anxiety and being like, what else is going to happen? Like, am I going to wake up to like them screaming at me today? Like she would come into my room if I slept until nine or something, screaming at me, like, get your ass up. Blah, blah. Like it was never overly friendly at all or like considerate. And I think like even the smallest things like that, like waking me up with instantly a negative attitude was just like so detrimental, especially when you're growing up and you're trying to figure out who you are and figure out your place in life and have the self-worth and stuff. It's like, how do you, how do you even start finding those building blocks when like people aren't like they're pushing you back down? Mm -hmm. And like, it got to the point where like, I started to get such bad depression and obviously anxiety and like, had to deal with that every single day and I didn't understand what it was at that point I think I think I was just like oh my parents are mean and I think starting to find more words for it and obviously like the internet and you know having the support systems and the like couple friends that I had definitely helped me through but you know it like was a snowball effect and I eventually started to get like so bad like I started like becoming anorexic and like I just believed that I was like so dumb and insignificant like I, every single day, I remember waking up and being like, why am I still here? Mm-hmm. Like, like they get out of their way to prove to me that I shouldn't be, that I'm not worth anything, that like they're annoyed by my breathing. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I thought of suicide a lot just to escape like the life and the pain I was in. Like, I remember so many times just thinking like, will this ever be better? Like, will I literally have to deal with this for the rest of my life? Um, just because my parents, like they were never there for me. Um, I remember even going to my dad one day and I was like, something's wrong with me. And he goes, no, you're fine. And I was like, sat down, like almost in tears. And I was like, no, like, I think I need to go to a doctor and talk to them. And he's like, you're fine. You're being dramatic. Like, just go back to your room. And just like having that like low self-worth and like, eventually it got so bad that I was like, literally would only let myself drink I think it like one green tea like if I had hunger pains I was allowed green tea and an apple a day maybe if that and I was so strict like no calories and like I think it was just gaining some sense of control in my life if all I could control was my eating then I was like so be it then I won't eat and I'm going to control that and I'm going to make that the only thing that makes me happy and I think Like I remember stepping on the scale and it was under a hundred pounds. And I think that was the only time in my life at that point that I actually felt accomplished. 
because like school was out of question. Like I couldn't focus when I was there. Like my anxiety was so bad. My depression was so bad. You know, you're going to high school, everything's unknown. You have no idea what's going on around you. And I was like, the one thing I do know is that I'm under a hundred pounds and everyone's praising me for it. You know, girls at that time would be like, oh my God, you're so skinny. You look so good and stuff. And I think that just reinforced so much of it that I was like, tomorrow I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to have water and thought about it that way. And I think it wasn't until, you know, with everything that I started to see one of my little sisters start to almost mimic that. And I remember every night she'd go up into the bathroom and say she's having a bath until I walked in on her and she was making herself throw up. And I think that was a really, really big lesson for me in just understanding that my actions and the way that I'm treating myself is showing it that it's okay for everyone else to do it. Like I remember my friends in high school too, like two of my friends would go and hold each other's hair in the girls' washroom in between lunch because they wanted to be skinny like me. And I think it just like got to the point that I was like, I can't do this. Like I can't be that influence and slowly started to make my way like with food and like my body and start to accept that. And I think like my, like my biggest problem still to this day is like just looking in the mirror and not accepting myself. So I think I've learned now to just be like, you know what, if I'm bloated, if there's something I don't like about myself, like I just have to accept it. Like I can't change it at this point. Like there's some things you can change obviously, but so much of it you can't and just like learning yourself for what it is. And I think that's what's so heavily con like contributed to me going to the gym every single day and eating healthy every single day and like making sure I'm getting the proper nutrients I need. And I never really let myself have that. And I remember tracking all my food on my fitness pal. And now I'm like, as long as I can roughly count my macros, like that's fine. Like, and it's, and it's crazy because to me, like, I never thought that I would like let myself eat properly or like even like having three bowls of cereal after dinner. <laughs> never thought that I'd let myself do that. And I think it's just like obviously crazy to see the difference that it made just to simply see like what my influence was on everybody else. Um, so that I think that was huge for me and it, it really turned my life around. Um, and I think the biggest life lesson that came from that was just everything in my life has to either come with acceptance. And if I can't accept it, then I will change it. And if I can't change it, then I have to accept it. And I think that's kind of where I got the idea to run away from home. <laughs> um, like I had thought a bit about it for so long, but it's like, I think it's only something that you ever really see in the movies mm -hmm. and you don't really think you're ever going to do it. I remember making lists of like what I would need to bring with me and stuff. And I was constantly getting grounded at this point. Like my parents, I think used it as a way to control me for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And I remember being grounded and they took everything away from me. I think it was March break and I didn't have my iPad, I didn't have my phone, which is pretty standard, but we're about to make me quit my job. So like, I couldn't, even leave the house and it was getting so suffocating that I remember going down I knew where they hid my stuff grabbed my stuff screamed at my dad called a cab packed a bag and within 15 minutes I was like I just ran away from home and I had <laughs> no idea I was like I don't know where I'm going I stayed with my aunt for a night and she's like you can't stay here your parents are gonna come looking for you mm -hmm. I was like okay okay I didn't really think that far it's like one of those things that you just like take the jump in and you're like 
well, shit, <laughs> now I have to do something about it. Um, and I remember living like with so many friends, like there was a lot of like incredible parents that stepped up from my friends just saying like, I can stay with them for a bit. Like I lived with one of my friends for months. And I honestly think that like without her and like without her parents, like I would be a lot worse off. Like they really took me in arms wide open and it was amazing. Um, obviously it's not long-term. So I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. Um, and he was not the best. Like I, I think moving in there, I thought like, oh, I'm finally good. I'm free. Like my mental health can finally get better and I can take care of myself and get away from those people. And like moving in with this guy that I had been with for like a year and a half, two years and finding out like he's cheating on me almost every weekend and I was living with him he's doing coke behind my back like so messy and I mean not that not that I can really blame him like I could have left just as easily and I think it kind of got to the point where I was like I can't do this anymore and I knew better for myself but I think a lot of girls get stuck in the cycle of being like it's my fault mm -hmm. like I'm letting him do this to I'm letting him do this to me because I didn't do X, Y, Z. I didn't make him dinner yesterday. So obviously he cheated on me and you start to like justify it and let that take a hit into your self-worth and your mental state and how you think of yourself. And I think for a really, really long time, I kept blaming myself because I was like, first my parents, friends in between, and now there's this guy and you know, you put your all into these people and and they literally give you nothing in return. If anything, they give you less in return. And it set, seemed like such a smack in the face. And anyways, I remember eventually leaving him and I got my own place and I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like I literally have cut everyone off. Mm -hmm. um, but I was in like grade 11, grade 12 at that point and like trying to graduate and go through everything while working full time and still processing everything that I've been through was like the biggest struggle. Like, I think for me, it was like, you think that once you're out of it, you're out, but it haunted me for so long, like getting random texts from my parents that were so like cryptic and insidious and rude and, and having to deal with that while also thinking like, Oh, but I'm away from them. So I'm better. Right. And like coming to terms that like, that is not the way it goes with trauma at all. Like it's probably going to stay with you for like, I honestly think that it'll probably stay with me for at least 30 years minimum. Mm -hmm. And that's like good expectations. Like it was so hard. And I remember like finally stepping in to see the school guidance counselor and she was like heaven sent. Like finally someone heard me and was like, I think for me, it was just like validating what I felt instead of making me feel like, oh, you're fine. Like it's something small. And I think for a really long time, I didn't know that I could talk about it. Like it just always seemed so taboo. And like, my parents obviously weren't open about it. Like they would never tell people what was going on. And I don't know if they really realized how bad it was either. Um, and I even remember their friends coming up to me saying things like, if you ever need a place to stay, like if you need to get away, like come to us. And I'm like, you're their friend. Like it, it just seems so crazy to me. Cause I'm like, you see what's going on but you're, you're not gonna actually actively do anything. Like if I ask my parents to come stay with you, you know what they're going to say. They're going to be like, why? And so it was just a constant, like me trying to escape, but like no one was listening. So the school guidance counselor, I think was huge. And I think that was like a baby step into me understanding like what getting help really meant. And it wasn't just like texting your friend being like, I'm sad today. 
and actually having someone understand the depth of what you have to deal with and what you go through and what it does to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think all of this leading up to it, like, I remember she helped me all the way to graduation. And like, for me, like, I think a lot of people who like, maybe were like idolized in high school or whatever, like graduation is like such an amazing day for them and agreed. Like it's a huge accomplishment, but I think for me, it meant so much more because I never once thought that I was going to get there, whether it was me, you know, not being on earth for it, or if it was me having to drop out to work and like take care of myself to pay my bills or whatever it may be. And so I think on that day, like it was such a good feeling of accomplishment and I really never expected to be there. And I remember them calling my name and me going up there and I was standing on stage shaking in my boots because you're in front of all these people and I'd been through theater my entire time in high school and we call her OB. She's the teacher there. And she, she was the one presenting all the awards and the scholarships. And I remember her just saying this whole spiel of what I'd kind of been through and like how I supported myself and what I got through. And I think that was really like an eye-opening moment for me to actually like understand what I had been through and hear it out loud and be like, I did that and I'm here and understanding really how amazing it was. Like sometimes you need to like say it out loud to actually soak it in. And it turned into like the whole auditorium standing up and applauding me. And I think like that was such a pivotal moment for me. Cause I was like, that's what taught me. Like you can go through so much and make it all worth it. Mm-hmm. And like, for some people it's like, oh, you just graduated high school, but it's like, that's something I never thought I'd be able to do. And there's everybody in the auditorium standing up and applauding me. Like that was insane for me. Um, and I think it was like a good life lesson for me as well. Cause like on the day I remember you take the pictures first and then the ceremonies after, and we're taking all of the pictures and I got a tattoo without telling my parents. Um, and I remember them seeing it. My stepmom saw it on the time that I was taking all the pictures with all my friends and family. Um, and she left. Like she didn't even come to my graduation. She didn't say anything to me, no text message, nothing. And my dad ended up coming to the ceremony and they obviously talked about everything that had happened. And my mom was there at the time cause she was clean at this point. And she was like bawling, crying. She's like, I love you so much. And like, that's what I would have expected. And it's so funny. Cause like stepmom wasn't there and my dad was in the crowd getting mad. And I remember after he was so livid at me, he was like, you're acting like you did all of this yourself. Like we helped. And it was just like, how, how did you contribute to this at all? And how could you be mad at me? Like, it was just insane. And that, and that was just kind of how our relationship went. Like, I don't know if he'll ever understand or if they'll ever understand like the impact because we never had that connection. And like, since then, it's just like, on and off blocking him on Facebook and like his number and like then all of a sudden being like, oh, well we can make up and things will be different this time. And I think it's gotten to a point now, like to this day that I've just had to kind of accept everything for what it is. Um, Like I think way back, like last year, one of my last conversations before I blocked him again, he was saying like, F you, go F yourself, you entitled piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And that was just, it's so normal for him to talk to me like that. And I think it's so crazy to see 
other people and their relationships with their parents. And for the longest time, I was so ashamed of my parents for how they made me look. And I thought their actions and their words made me who I was. And I think that's why I didn't talk about it a lot either. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, if people know that my mom's a drug user and my dad's that, like, they're going to, they're going to think I'm weird. Like that was just how I thought. So I thought, you know, I got away from it. I'm fine now. And because I left, I guess I just didn't expect it to haunt me or to try like, and make it part of who I am. And it's been a really, really hard battle of, displacing myself from everything that I've been through and what they said that I was and how they made me feel in their characters and kind of paving my own path with that. Um, like we were talking about, I feel like I kind of just got to the point where I just understood like, there's no victory line in this. Like it's gonna be a constant battle and you know, some days are gonna be worse than others. And there's never gonna be a day where you're just gonna be like, okay, I'm fine everything's fine. They're fine. We're perfect. And I think it was also me coming to the grips that no one has that. And I think, you know, obviously on social media, it show like everyone thinks that their life's perfect and they try and make it this huge highlight reel. And you're seeing, for me, seeing people at pictures, families thinking, oh my God, they have a perfect family. They spend time together. Like, how could you ever be sad? And like trying to understand, like everybody has their shit. And and trying to kind of come to grips that I, I have mine and that's okay. Like I can, I can't ignore my past and, you know, eventually it catches up to you. And I think a lot of it was me ignoring things that had happened until I think it was October of last year, my grandma called me before work and like my, I'm not super close with my entire family. So my grandma calling me like at 8am, I was like, oh my God. Like this either is really, really, really good. She won the lottery or I know exactly what I'm about to hear. And she calls me before work and she goes, Chelsea, your mom's back on meth again. And she had been clean for like eight to 10 years, I swear at this point. And like, she had become my best friend, like my everything. I was like so stoked to finally have my mom back in my life. After I left home, it was like, nobody had to, watch our relationship or, you know, listen to the phone calls like they used to do. And I could finally like be open. I could drive down there. I had my license and we had such a good bond. And I think at that point when my grandma had told me, I just like everything broke. Mm -hmm. And I feel like half of me was missing. Like I told her everything and it was just ripped away from me. And I think dealing with like any kind of addict is so hard because when I heard that, it was like, I was grieving the loss of her. Like she's still here on earth, but I know my mom will never be my mom again. Mm-hmm. And in the ways that she was. And I think even to this day, like trying to come to grips and accept that for what it is and like being like, oh, what if she gets clean? But you know, like the chances aren't strong. Like they go in and out of treatment centers. They don't have money for the treatment. And it's so hard to even try and support that and be trying to text her and like trying to have a relationship with her because like half the time she'll text me things and it just such crap. And it just like, it ruins my whole day. Um, Like, I don't, I don't think that there's ever gonna be a point where like we can really connect the way that we used to and any text message like insinuating that we can, I think is just mocking the situation. Mm 
-hmm. And obviously I can't tell her that, but I don't think it was really until like COVID hit and like 2020 happened that like, I really got to sit down and like figure these things out and really think about, you know, what's triggering, triggering me and like what I had been through and try and start working with it. Um, Cause obviously you had to spend a lot of time with yourself and you weren't allowed to see friends. So it was, it was really hard. Um, and it wasn't until mother's day of last year, it would have been, um, and everyone was posting pictures of their parents and their mom saying how beautiful their mom was, how they did all these things for them, how they had this great bond. And like, you know, social media, like everything's a race. Everything's a competition. I have the best mom. You don't, this is what we do together. Here's 18 pictures of my mom. And it was so in your face. And I feel like every year it gets worse and maybe I'm just getting more sensitive, but I feel like every single year, more people are like, I want to be included in this race. And I tried so hard to not be bitter about it or find resentment in it because at that time I could have probably like kicked a hole through the wall. Like it was, it's something that's like still affects me to this day, like today. And I think trying to come to grips with everything has just like been impossible. So I think for me, this was kind of where I realized you know, I made a post about not having that presence and not having someone in my life and how hard those days were for me. And I think that I, that was probably the most receptive, like the people that follow me have ever been. And I got so many messages just of people being like, thank you so much for posting something like that. Like I needed to hear that. And I think that's where it really turned me into who I am now. And like finding out that it's okay to be vulnerable and like, it's a good virtue to just be honest online. Like you don't have to hide it. Like I could have very well posted a picture of my mom being like, happy mother's day. Love you. But I wouldn't have been honest. Mm -hmm. And like, I think one thing that I've learned is like over the past year, it just like changed me as a person. And like these triggers can suck a lot, but the biggest thing that I want to do is I actually want to be able to make it something useful. You know, if it's going to kill me in the process, it might as well help someone else. And like, I'd never realized how heavy trauma really was until I started to realize that that's what it was, you know, waking up every single day and having that like dark cloud on you is what I always call it. And there's just days where I just cry for no reason. I'm like, my mom said something to me back in 2017 and today it really hurts. And just learning that, I think I heard this analogy once and it's the most accurate thing for me is like, there's a box and there's a button in this box. And in this box, there's a big red ball and that's your trauma. And it's just gonna bounce around constantly hitting that button cause it's fresh. But over time, the ball gets smaller and every now and then it's still gonna hit that button but it's just gonna get less and less. And I feel like that's the healing process and like that ball's never gonna go away. It's gonna keep hitting that button. So I think for me, it was like, you can either turn it into something good or you can consider just crying every single day that it hits the button. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been really hard because like I still struggle with like abandonment issues because I've never had someone consistent in my life. Like everybody always leaves. And it's such a hard lesson to learn when people at least have their parents or a steady boyfriend or, you know, one good friend that stays with you your entire life. And you know, I grew, grew up my entire life thinking that in order to be loved, I had to produce something. 
And that's just the way I felt. So I've just been like giving my all to everybody around me and just hoping that something sticks. And I think this year was really the year that it was like, honestly, screw everybody else. Cause they're obviously not doing anything for you. I'm grateful to have the friends that I do and the people I have around me, but I don't need them mm-hmm. or I shouldn't need them. I try not to. And I think, you know, starting to actually work on myself for myself and not just being like, I'm going to go to the gym so I can look like this or whatever it may be. And just actually start going to a therapist and sitting with those thoughts and journaling and opening up more when my trauma comes up, because it's not something that's ever going to go away. And I think actually turning it into something good, like I, now I can look at things and my traumas and the stuff that I've been through, I consider my biggest blessings. And anytime something bad happens in my life, I think, okay, okay, bring it. Like, it's so funny when anything trivial comes up, I can just look at it and think, you know, obviously I'm going to grow from this. It's going to be a life lesson. I've lived through worse. Like if a tiny problem comes up, I literally look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, really? You're stressed out right now over this? Do you remember 10 years ago what you went through and you're stressed now over what? A boy? Hilarious hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like learning so much through my life. And like, I think I've learned a lot of things that some people might not ever have to go through. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm blessed for that. And instead of making it a bad thing, I've just tried to make it something that not only I can learn from and make my life better, but like help others in the making too, because we haven't been open about this conversation for so long. And the more I talk to people, they're like, oh yeah, my mom's actually a drug addict too. And I'm like, what? We've known each other our entire lives and we've never talked about this and things like that, that, you know, it makes for better relationships and helps people. And it helps me, you know, even saying my story right now, I feel like helps me kind of go through it and understand the way things happened and why they happened and being able to turn it into what it is today. So I feel like I owe so much to obviously my friends and like my supports, like my guidance counselor and my drama teacher. Like, I don't know if I would have been who I am today without of it, but I just use it as a blessing. I think, I think you also have to owe it. Like you owe basically all of it to yourself as well. Like as cliche as that kind of sounds, I think if it wasn't for yourself, you, you wouldn't be where you are you wouldn't be doing what you're doing you wouldn't have those friends you wouldn't have basically that burning desire that you have and you wouldn't be influencing other people to this day to basically be true to themselves and yeah it comes from obviously the shitty things that have happened in your life but yeah. it also is ultimately it's from who you are and like every single situation that you've been thrown at and even just from hearing you talk it's like for myself it blows my mind because like I haven't encountered that I have not been through that I have my own struggles absolutely I've been through my stuff but I haven't been through what you've been through I'm fortunate to have my family around me like 100% and there's a lot of people that I know that are as well so to actually see you where you are right now from everything that you've gone through is like it's actually crazy and it speaks so much to like who you are. And I think like, that's the beauty of it too, is when you talk about how you have to be so true to yourself. And also when you 
talk about like those little things that you sometimes get anxious about or sometimes bother you. And then you look at it, it's like, Hey, think about 10 years ago, what you were going through. Yeah, like, like, yeah. And so and then that's where it's actually like, that's where it becomes so motivational is because you saying that just proves so much. And I mean, like I'm at a state in my life as well, where I look at all my past struggles and I look at that as a motivator as well. And I say like, Hey, you know what? Like you went through that. Look where you're at now. Look what you're doing now. And it instantly, it almost like, it's like an on off switch. So as soon as you feel that come on, you're like, think about that. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's off. It's basically out. Or even yeah. if, even if it doesn't turn off instantly, it's like, you know what? It's not actually a big deal. Yeah. I might think about it. Yeah. You know what? Like might feel some anxiety, but like, it's not actually a problem. Like when you, basically that's what it is is like differentiating what's a real problem or what's something that you can't get off your mind as opposed to what's something that you can kind of just like brush behind you and let it pass yeah 100 percent. yeah and i think yeah go ahead (laughs) it's okay i was just gonna say like i owe so much of it to like i don't know if anyone's ever heard of rachel hollis but she's a huge like self-help person and like through the past year i've been reading her books and in this one book she was like write a letter to yourself about everything that you've been through and everything you've accomplished Mm -hmm. and read that every time you start to doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing it once because I was like, I was being so down on myself. And I was like, Chelsea, like you just like can't do anything right. Like you haven't progressed and like getting so upset with myself. And I wrote that letter and read it out out loud to me. And I was like, you've got to be effing kidding me. (laughs) Like I actually thought for a second I couldn't do something. And like so much of it comes from mindset as well as just being like understanding like what you've been through and like you can literally do anything you put your mind to like if you want to get better then you can get better if you want to do anything you want you can like it all just comes down to like you actually needing to want it for yourself absolutely yeah i mean i think that's the big factor of it too is like this is something that i i think i've preached a lot especially recent recently but it's basically it's truly knowing your potential, what you have the capability to accomplish. And the beauty of that is that nobody around you knows other than yourself, you know, better than anyone, what you can actually accomplish. And sometimes you don't even know, like you don't even know your true potential. And I think that's the cool part. That's the beauty of it is that if you truly believe that you can do something, you will do it. And you'll probably honestly surpass it. Because once you start achieving, once you start getting closer and closer, you start looking at that goal and you're like, you know what? I think I can actually, I can go way further than that. I might as well while I'm here. Exactly. Like if I'm doing this, it's not that bad. I might as well like hit it. I might as well go as far as I possibly can. And that's the beauty of it. Like in this one book that I'm reading right now, that's essentially what it talks about so much is that you want to have that mindset where like you want to be the best in the world at what you do. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't necessarily mean like, okay, yeah, you know what? I really enjoy, I don't know, say skiing. So I want to be the best skier in the world in the next 20 years. It's like, if every single day you devoted yourself to it and you put in the time, the effort, the willpower, and you basically turned down the things that would step in the way of that. And you actually did it. You probably would have that happen you'd probably be the best skier at that age. Yeah. Word of life. You put in every ounce of your, like your whole entire energy, everything into it. You like, you would accomplish that. And it's the same with 
you have to look at that as yourself. Like you want to be the best version of yourself, but there's so many people that mistreat themselves on an everyday basis. I mean, I did that for such a long time as well. Like I would like big common thing is like miss the misuse of alcohol, like huge thing, which so many people use as coping mechanisms. And like, I did it myself. I, I would see what I, where I should be, what I wanted to have happen, but then I'd never actually do it because I was like, oh, well, I, I, I just, I'd feel sorry for myself, basically. Like, that's what it is. And so many people do that. And so, yeah. And, but it's like, it's funny because your, like, your story proves that, like, you didn't ever feel sorry for yourself. Like, rather, what you did is you basically stared at it right in the face, stared your situation in the face and said, you know what? make the best, like make the best of a really shitty situation. And you just actually like went forth, accomplished it. And that's basically what led to having a standing ovation at like at your graduation, like honestly, and it's all, it all came from you and it all came from those struggles that were put in front of you. And rather than just basically stopping as they came you decided to jump over them and you kept pushing forward and you surpassed that goal that was probably set at one point and you yeah. like kept moving forward and kept moving and every struggle that was thrown your way you kept moving and that that's like so motivational so I think the biggest thing for me was like I could say a lot of what I do is for myself and it is mm-hmm. but I think instead of like everything that they told me and made me to believe growing up that I was useless. I wouldn't amount to anything, blah, 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 whatever they said. I was like, I'm going to prove them so wrong. And I think it's the fine line of being like, do I let them win or do I let myself know who I am and my potential? Like you were saying and do it and blow it out of the waters. Like sometimes when I talk to my parents now, like it's on and off, but they're always like, I can't believe like where you are today. I'm like, I know you want to know why I did it. You want to know why? (laughs) Yeah just for fun just for kicks no that's awesome I mean even in my own life same thing I think especially when I started this platform like obviously everyone everyone always says they're in your corner before you start something and then the second you start something it's like that corner it's like where y'all go not very many people in there like most of the time it's just yourself and um but it's funny that you say that because I think throughout this whole process with it that's how it's kind of been as well Is there's so many people that at the start were like, Oh yeah, like that sounds like a good idea. And then it's like, they check in now and they're like, wow, like, wow, you're actually like amounting to something. You're actually doing a good thing. Wow. It's growing pretty fast. Wow. This is that. And it's like, yeah, like put in the time and the effort. And I like, it's not something that I just said like, Oh yeah. Like hopefully like, <laughs> yeah, talk it out there and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, yeah, whatever. Like, no, that's not what it is. Like, you have to exactly like knowing what you can accomplish and then actually putting that into action and really like doing it and not caring about what others around you say, not caring about the support that you have or don't have. It's more so just knowing that you're there for yourself. You know exactly what you can do and then doing it. And with nothing, like no, like basically just knowing that failure is not an option. It is not an yeah. option. Just move forward and take that into life, take that into business, take that into schooling, take it into honestly everything. Yeah. And like, we know having people around us is great, but like we talked about before too, 
you're your only constant person. Like you cannot rely on anybody else to do the work for you. It's got to be just you and only you. Like you have to want to do things for you because you're the only one that's going to get you from point A to point B. People might help, but they're not going to be the reason why. Exactly. 100%. And I, I always actually say that as well. It's hilarious. But I always say, it's like, you can ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. I think everyone needs people's help, like have connections, build connections, talk to people. Like that's such a big common thing in today's, in today's day. But at the end of the day, it is just you and you need to obviously like you got to put in the time, put in the effort. And especially when building up yourself, like, yeah, it's okay to go talk to other people. It's okay to seek real help. It's okay to kind of break yourself down, but you also need to know that at the end of the day, it's going to like, it's going to be hell to get to where you want to be with, especially with yourself. And it comes from within and solely from within. And there's going to be so many times that you tell yourself you can't, but then obviously you have to. And that's where it's, again, it's like leaving yourself no other option than to go up. And that's where like, again, that's where I think what you've really taken into your life and what uh, you've really proven, honestly, from every standpoint in your life. So like, applaud you for that one. (laughs) I think like so much of it too, comes down to like how you talk to yourself. And like, that's what really made the switch for me, because I feel like so much of me was like waiting for someone to save me. And then like constantly being let down and being like, what the heck? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to save me. And instead of telling myself that I'm all these things, it's like, you have to really look at how you talk to yourself, how your negative thoughts impact you and you know, what you're telling yourself internally in order to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Um, actually, okay. Then kind of speaking off that, what, uh, what would be kind of like your biggest tip of advice for somebody that's going through different mental health struggles or having just real life struggles in general or will encounter some form of struggles? Like, I think the biggest thing for me was to start treating myself like my best friend. And I think you hear that and it sounds so cliche and it's so cheesy until you actually start to put it into effect. Mm -hmm. Like if your friend came through the door in a dress and she looked amazing and she's like, are you sure I don't look fat? You'd be like, are you kidding me? You look amazing. Why would you ever even say that? oh my God, I'm going to smack you if you say that again. And like looking at yourself in the mirror and saying the exact same thing. Be like, are you kidding me right now? Did you really just think that? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it was just like learning that I'm my only constant person. I'm the only one that's going to reassure me and have myself, have it mean something. Like I know what my true intentions are for myself. And I know that my love for myself is real. And like just using that and becoming my own best friend and cherishing everything that I've been through and just letting me wholeheartedly accept myself for me mm-hmm. instead of wanting to be everyone else and helping everyone else but myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I know I think that it's hilarious that I, for me as well, like really acknowledging what it means to be like your best friend. And yeah. I know I made a story the other day about it, but it's literally just really cluing in to the fact that you are stuck with yourself forever. So why are you having negative self-talk? Why are you constantly so hard on yourself? I mean, there's times to be hard on yourself, absolutely. But I think it's more important to build yourself up than to break yourself down. And 
it's always like keeping in the back of your head that like you're stuck with yourself forever. So you better become pretty damn close with yourself or else it's going to be miserable. miserable. Exactly. Like, yeah. Something that my therapist helped me actually with because she was like, Chelsea, you beat yourself down way too much. And she was like, picture your mind as a boardroom. Okay. And every aspect of you has a chair in it. So you're funny, you're loving, compassionate, all that has a chair. Your inner critics in there too. But your inner critic gets up and talks the entire meeting. It's your meeting. All you have to do is say, hey, inner critic, sit the F down. You're done talking. You are done talking for the day. I'm going to bring up self-love and forgiveness, and they're going to talk for the day. Done hearing from you. And I think maybe it's because I need a picture in my mind at all times, but just picturing that boardroom meeting and anytime I'm part of myself, I go, I just talk to myself like, oh, go sit down. You're done. <laughs> go sit down and it's helped me so much oh that's awesome um, <laughs> also what would be uh what would be kind of like your um I guess like a quote or a saying or something that you've kind of shaped your life off of or that has kind of impacted your life and shaped it in some shape or some way or another yeah well I I have two tattoos so I'll say two All right. so the first one is grow through what you go through and I think for me, that was like really impactful to see like everything that I had been through, like take it as a growing lesson. Mm -hmm. And my first one, the one that got my stepmom to leave my graduation, <laughs> the beauty right here, um, it's you can't have peace without a war. And it was actually the last 30 seconds of a song. And I remember hearing that one time when I was like so low and I was like, that is so true. That's why I'm fighting to get to where I am. There's going to be a rainbow at the end of it, but I can't expect to get from to where I want to be without going through this. Absolutely. And I think that was like so strong for me to hear. Mm -hmm. No, hundred percent. I mean, it's the same with everything and especially with mental health struggles with any form of life struggles. It, a lot of the times it will feel like you're in this mental warfare and you really don't know if it's going to end when it's going to end, but then it's almost like, you know that at the end of it all, there will be peace and hopefully that's how it happens. I mean, yeah. everyone's lives obviously turn out a little bit different, but no, yeah. I think uh, you've definitely proven that you've overcome so much and that you're continuing to help other people. And I mean, this is such a big thing to have you come on the podcast, share your story. <laughs> and cause like I was, even when we, like you and I had that conversation before and was really talking to you about how from like an outsider's perspective you would have no idea like, no, no idea. like, like yeah when when I first saw your Instagram I was like no way this girl has any form of mental health struggles no way this girl's been through anything but it just I literally like had to swallow my words because I was like wow this is it blows my mind that just all this misconception behind all of social media and behind everything basically in today's era, it really speaks to the fact that like everyone has a story and you truly, truly never know what somebody has gone through or is going through or will go through. So I think it's yeah. so important just to obviously respect everyone and treat them with kindness and also just to be the most authentic version of yourself and be yeah. super transparent. And I think that's what, I think that's what's so important and that's what you and I are both trying to do definitely on social yeah. media right now is just really prove that to people and 
yeah, again, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Of course. Um, if people do want to reach out to you though, and want to have conversations with you, want to ask you a little bit about your story, where could they, where could they reach you at? Probably best thing would be my Instagram. Okay. Oh, as always. <laughs> typical. Yeah, no, for sure. And honestly, I guess that's basically the whole wrap up of our podcast. And yeah. I just, I thank you for your time and thank you story and everything that you're really doing it's it's amazing thank you you too <laughs> i'm happy to have been on it absolutely okay well it was awesome talking to you and i'm sure we'll keep in contact soon and yeah. especially with the struggle create strength team which is all coming together and i'll make sure i actually send you that text <laughs> i'm super excited, excited to be a part of it but, yeah absolutely okay well it was awesome talking to you awesome we'll talk soon thank yeah. you thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle create strength i hope everyone enjoyed chelsea's story and i highly encourage you to reach out to her and have some vulnerable conversations with her if you want to reach me or come on the podcast you're more than welcome to at struggle create strength on both instagram and facebook you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com all podcasts are posted on apple podcasts spotify youtube Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. Be sure to share this with your friends and family. Also, be sure to share the podcast on Instagram while tagging Struggle Create Strength because the more people that it reaches means the more potential that it has to help others. Thank you so much for listening. And just remember that everyone has a story.